0: Three, two, one, check, 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 check. We're in. Welcome back. Welcome back to Inside the Mind's Eye, or welcome for your first time to Inside the Mind's Eye. This is a podcast, a show where we explore the introspective thoughts, ideas, and experience of people who are pursuing a dream. Um, And I've got a most excellent guest today. We've got a MMA professional fighter on the show. His name is Tristan Lindy and this conversation was forgive my french if you're new to the show but this shit this show was the shit there's something about having a fighter on that i mean we i had i've I've had one other chat with a with a mma fighter and his name was luke nealand and that was my favorite podcast i've I've done recently i've I've, listened to it like three or four times because of the amount of I don't know, it's like the energy or the reality or the groundedness that fighters embody. You know, for me as a, as a total space cadet <laughs> uh, floating through the ether of time and, and, uh, and energy, <laughs> to have someone so rooted and grounded in what they're doing and what their process is on the day-to-day grind towards excellence for me is like so humbling. And I'm, I'm so happy that this conversation went so well and we, and, and we talked about all sorts of stuff with Tristan and we're gonna we'll drop in in just a second but yeah i mean just yeah i mean just the grit you know i I don't know what else there more is to say uh (laughs) dude's a champion um you know he's been fighting since he turned 18 that's when he turned pro um he uh he had an interesting experience the first time he got into the ring you know he and I've heard many other people describe this, but he essentially entered a flow state and uh, all the training, all the butterflies, everything, and he'll explain it in the show, but everything, once he entered that ring into the octagon for the first time to fight someone 10 years older than he was, it was like he was just, you know, in the words of Happy Gilmore, in his happy place, you know, forgetting everything and just focusing on the task at hand. And uh, yeah, for me, that's just, it's it's incredible, you know, and and I had a lot of questions for him. I wanted to know, you know, what does it mean to be a fighter? You know, like, what is that? Because he, he'd he written, or not written, but he had he'd spoken on an interview that he, once he got into that ring, afterwards, he realized, like, that's what I am. I'm a fighter, you know, and what does that mean? And I was able to ask him all these questions, and we were bouncing in and out, and his story is, it really speaks to the idea of, <laughs> now, I'm gonna get philosophical for a second, but like, what our callings are, you know, like, what is it the thing that makes me want to wake up? What is my passion? You know, and and he ended up leaving um, the sport for about eight to ten months to try and do something else, and, and he realized he couldn't. He wanted to go back. Uh, it's it, and you know, I I hopefully people that listen can relate to this and and, and know you know, one of the things I'm I'm doing with the show and what I think it's evolving into is I'd like it to evolve into a space where we can support one another as we're pursuing these goals and these dreams and ambitions. Um, there, nothing would make me happier than after this show, whoever may listen can, can root Tristan on uh, in whatever he may be doing, you know, through social media and, and Facebook and Instagram because it can get really tough and it can feel you can feel really alone in in the pursuit because you're so focused on trying to achieve this thing. And, you know, this goes back to the fighter mentality or the warrior ethos where it's not so much about achievement. It's, it's, it's truly about the grind, about the day-to-day operation of putting your body through sweat, you know, chiseling your, yourself to be a tool for, for striking, you know, Um, and just, you know, loving the process, I can relate to it. And that's, you know, it's, it's been a long time. I've been at this, you know, doing these podcasts, writing, making these shows. And for the first time in a long time, you know, I never really check numbers. I never really check subscribers or followers. You know, I I, want to stay, you know, in in the moment with what we're doing. And for the first time I, I, in like a month and a half, I checked the, the stats on the website. And, and over the last 24 hours, the podcast has had 531 new listeners and it just blew my mind. And it was one of those things where I was like, I can't believe like this is happening. Like, this is awesome. And, uh, you know, it was, I don't know, it was weird because, you know, I had to, uh, it made me feel a type of way, you know, and, um, I don't know, that's not what it's about. And this conversation, conversation with Tristan, really reminded me that like, it's about the work, doing the work, you know, turning pro, showing up day in and day out, just for the love of the craft. And uh, and Trist, Tristan truly embodies that. And yeah, I am want to drop us into the show. I mean, it was it was awesome. His story is great. The way he spoke, the way he communicated, I could relate on so many levels. You know, as an athlete myself, I never really. You know identified so much with my performance on the field off the field I was chill I wanted to hang you know I might have gotten gotten too much of a (laughs) hang-in but you know Tristan's the same way dude totally humble totally self aware and and totally willing to to learn and continue his 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 path so yeah that's that's about it a little house housekeeping issues uh, coming up let's see Um, oh yeah so on the website, if you're just joining us, thanks for listening. Um, on the website, you know, you can find all sorts of stuff. There's essays, there's reflections, there's meditations about the introspective nature of reality. I've, over the last couple of weeks, I've been heady into this mindfulness meditation kick. Uh, so those posts are up there if you're interested in, in, in you know, <laughs> shaping your mind as a, as a tool to combat the, um, the ever-present change in reality or life and making it a friend, how can you make reality your friend? That's what I've been exploring. And uh, yeah, I feel like the book is closed on that one. I don't know if I'm going to be writing too much about that stuff. Uh, we'll see moving forward, but it's up there. If you want to go check it out, it's www.insidethemindseye.com. And like I said, this thing is, this thing is happening now. You know, I never thought like we'd be here with this many listeners. It's, it's the shit. And if you're new, thank you so much for joining us. If you know anybody who's also pursuing their dream or their craft, and, and you think they'd be great for the show, send them my way. Uh, and like, let's try to support one another. Let's try and uh, encourage one another to continue this to continue getting better. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And Tristan's info. I want to give you Tristan's info before we get off here. It's uh, you can find them on Instagram or Facebook at Tristan Lindy, T R I S T A N. L I N D I. So, yeah, please throw, throw the boy some love, you know, and, and all the other guests on the show. And, and if there's, there's other shows, if you're more into, you know, uh, uh, there's all sorts of stuff. I don't know. But anyway, Tristan's the man of the hour. And I couldn't be more honored and, and more um, proud to drop us into this conversation. This is Inside the Mind's Eye. With Tristan Lindy.
1: If the video's all
2: good.
0: Yeah, we're all set. This is uh welcome to Inside the Mind's Eye. Thank uh, you. I have with me Tristan Lindy. Did I pronounce your last name right? Yep. Lindy. You're a professional MMA fighter, yeah?
2: I
1: am, yeah. What I wanted to start with, uh, first of all, good morning. Good nice morning. to meet you. You
0: too. Uh, I guess I just wanted to start with your daily routine. Um, mm-hmm. If you'd be willing to walk us through just a day in the life, an average day in the life of you, of you with training and work and everything.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, so, with training and work, I don't really have any days off. Um And it it depends on the day as far as um, training goes. Um, My work schedule can kind of change every couple weeks, but I work part-time and they work with me on my training schedule. They're usually only like four to six hour shifts. So like Monday morning, I'll go to practice at 11, train for like an hour. And then if I work that day, I'll go work for like four hours in between. And then in the evening, I'll usually have, Another training session for an hour or two. Um, what
0: what type of uh, what type of training are you doing at, at your gym? Is it mostly striking? or Are you doing jujitsu, rolling? What kind of stuff are you doing?
1: Yeah, so I mean, right now it's a lot of you know we have to do a lot of like distancing stuff. Um, but when things are normal, um, we're doing a little bit of everything. It is an MMA gym, so like. Monday mornings, we're doing pad work um, and striking technique, bag work, footwork. Monday nights is usually MMA wrestling. Tuesday mornings is jujitsu, and then we'll usually do a quick lift, um, and I'll usually go do hill sprints uh, once a week. And then in the evening, we're doing um, jiu-jitsu and boxing and then like i said wednesday's more of a recovery focusing on recovery or just techniques whatever you want to work on
0: man dude this this is taking me back i wanted to ask you the the training regimen specifically just for what your day to day looks like mm-hmm. because a lot of us will see fighter will mma fighter or we'll see a football player or you know and we and we won't really know what it means to be at that level of competition or that level of performance yeah, And I wanted to ask you because it took me back to my days. I used to be an athlete in college. And a mm-hmm. lot of the times it wasn't very, like, I just like, I really like the process because one, it's amazing that you're putting the effort and the energy in to shape your body and your mind in a way to, to perform in, the, mm-hmm. in a, in a situation where you're, you're literally fighting. Like, and I want to get to that in a second too, but actually right now, what, let's, what, I read one of your interviews that, you, mm-hmm. that somebody had interviewed in and, and you, you mentioned it. I have the quote right here. I'm going to go ahead and pull it up just because I want you to kind of explain it a little bit deeper for us. Because to me, it's, it's an extremely fascinating idea uh, mm-hmm. to believe, to know, to think or believe or know in your heart that you're a fighter. Uh, and it's from this interview with Clay's conversation. It said, what did you learn from that first MMA fight? And it was sh- shortly after you turned 18, mm-hmm. you had your first MMA fight. Mm-hmm. Will you, will we, before I go into the quote, will you walk me into a little bit about your background of, of how you ended up in that ring to fight MMA for the first time?
2: Yeah. Um,
1: I mean, growing up, I've always been into sports um, and told myself I'd try anything I was interested in. Um, And I had started wrestling my freshman year of high school. Um, And then after my sophomore year of wrestling, I got into boxing. Um, And there were a couple amateur MMA fighters at my boxing gym. So there was one of, like, my main boxing coach would teach us, you know, some basic jujitsu and um, mixing, like, boxing and wrestling and things together. So we kind of started working on that. And then after my junior year of wrestling, um, so I competed a few times in boxing, and now you have to be 18 to compete in MMA. Back in the day, you could, like, have your parents sign off. You could be 16 and still fighting. Um, so after my junior year of wrestling, um, And this is high
0: school, high school wrestling?
1: Yeah, high school wrestling. Um, I, my original MMA coaches started coaching at my boxing gym. Um, so I started training with them and I was already wrestling and boxing. Um, I fought a few times my junior year, uh, in boxing. And so I wanted to, being that I was already doing two of the like main bases, I wanted to try MMA, um, and my MMA coaches that were teaching at my boxing gym broke off and started their own MMA gym. So I followed them, um, was training MMA specifically for probably like six months Um, and then in September of my senior year, I turned 18. And then in November, before my senior year of wrestling in high school, um, I had my first MMA fight.
0: And and in this, and in this quote, I'll finish the quote now. Just, uh, it says, what'd you learn from it right after the fight? And it said, it might, you said, I might sound silly, but I learned that I am a fighter. I locked myself in a cage with a man 10 years, my elder, and there was no hesitation.
1: Yeah. So I'm not, um, outside of competition. Um, I'm just, you know, a nice goofball, you know, I'm not very like aggressive or anything like that, but when it comes to sports, um, or training where it's like a mutual thing, I'm very competitive. Um, so like, when I started wrestling and when I started boxing, it wasn't necessarily um like a desire to hurt someone. I'm just competitive, so like if you hit me or you take me down, I want to get it back um, and so it's not like I'm out you know getting in trouble or getting in street fights, and I think I'm a tough guy and I'm a fighter um I look at it look at it as more of a competition and so when I, I, I've, you know, like I said, I've never been in any street fights or anything like that. So when I signed up to be in an MMA fight and I had already been in a few boxing fights, um, and through all like my old coach's training style and all of the work that I had put in up until that point, um, I was confident in my ability to perform on that night. And that was the first night because it wasn't really the same in boxing and competing in wrestling. Um, as when I had my first MMA fight, I really flipped the switch, um, kind of went into like a flow state. Um, and you know, there, there wasn't any hesitation. Once I started getting my hands wrapped, knew I was, you know, there was no going back at that point. Um, so I knew I was going to be in a fight. Um, I, there uh there just wasn't any hesitation, and then afterwards you know after going through that um and seeing that was in me, you know it kind of uh realizing it's a part of me, and I am a fighter
0: <laughs> yeah that's i that's an awesome description of that um there's uh something I was reading the other day where to figure out your happiness in life is, is like the idea is to figure out where you feel the most fluid or free or expressive. It's like
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, to get yourself or discover that space. It was, it was actually Hugh Jackman who was talking about it, the actor.
2: Okay.
0: He was saying that when the lights, when he steps on stage and the lights go up, it's like, he is fully alive and that's mm-hmm. what he loves about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so in this, in this situation, you know, you, you step into the ring for the first time and it's like, there are no, you know, the wrestling restrictions aren't there. The, the dude tapping on the ground or throwing points or whatever, you know, while you all are scuffling, it's basically saying you're in this ring with this person. You guys can literally throw whatever you want and you get to fight. Mm-hmm. Um, can you describe a little bit about what your nerves were doing in that moment?
1: Yeah. So at that point, um, like I said, it hadn't, uh, happened to that extent up until then, as far as like being in the zone. Um, I, you know, I was 18. Um, I've never been the most athletic person growing up. So I was still like pretty soft looking, you know, not very athletic looking. I was 18, had a baby face and this guy is like, 10 years older than me, he's ripped, you know, he looks like he's gonna kick my ass. The crowd and other people are saying like it's man first child, um, leading up until that point. And uh like when I started getting my hands wrapped and I just started going in into that zone, into that flow state, um, I didn't hear anything. There were no nerves. It was um, you know, we walked out, I get in the cage and I'm just staring him down. And, you know, I like to stare him down, see if they break eye contact. Um, it's kind of a mental thing, but it's also just me in the zone. Uh, there are different kinds of flow states for fighters. You know, there's, like, loose fighters. Uh, my style is more of, like, a Mike Tyson. Like, I'm staring you down, and I want to rip your head off. Um, but I'm in the zone, so there are no nerves. It's It's all just in the moment at that point.
0: Oh, wow. I mean, I used to get, when I f- was playing football, I used to get so nervous before, like the first snap is always, I'd have butterflies, but once that first snap happened, it was like game on. And, yeah. and I was the same as you, dude. Like on the field, if we were competing, I was going to do whatever I could to to get through my guy and, and get to the ball. Mm-hmm. But off the field, I'm just a drone, dude. I'm not, I'm, I'm gangly. I'm cracking jokes, playing video games. You know, it's like, I used, to wonder, I used to wonder how people could go to school all day,
2: mm-hmm.
0: not knowing that after the b- final bell rings, you get to go hit people. Like, mm-hmm. I would get all this aggression out on the field. I would get to tackle and, and, and arm bar people and whatnot and, like, really rough each other up every day. It was like some sort of a, a valve that got, was able to get released. Definitely. And it made school so much easier because I was just in class resting essentially. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, It's definitely an out, an outlet for me. Um, I've never been the most social person outside of like school and sports. um, And I like to keep myself busy. Um, (laughs) I tend to keep getting into because of what I'm pursuing. Like right now I don't have any days off. Um, Before I started doing, uh, like, training full-time, after high school, I would be working full-time, and then I would train after, Um, so I've always had a pretty full schedule, Um, but as far as, like, sports, um, and I like, uh, as far as training goes, I like to train hard, I got that from the wrestling, once I started wrestling, Um, and it becomes almost like a meditation for me. Um, you know, it's also an outlet, but I I tend to overthink things. And if I'm training hard, you know, I have to be in the moment. If someone's, you know, beat me up or wrestling with me, um, you're not thinking about anything else. You're just there in the moment.
0: Yeah. I I noticed before we started this conversation, you had a few books there. Do Mm you, do you have any, mindful or meditative practices that you do uh to help with the overthinking?
2: Yeah.
1: Um there, there isn't anything that I've I've started as far as now. I know it's something that's popular and a lot of people are doing more more these days um or it's at least talked about more these days. Um but I can't say that it's something that I've put into practice yet.
0: No. So so your main can you you're in Eugene right now, right? Yes. Yeah, you had. uh, Can you can you describe a little bit about how you got out here to Eugene and uh, the things that happened that brought you here?
1: Yeah, so I. um, I grew up in Southern Oregon, uh, which is like about three hours south from Eugene, two and a half. Um, My MMA gym, like I said, my original coaches were down there, started their own gym. They were open for about three and a half years um, and I was training with them. And then before my second pro fight, um, the gym was kind of falling apart. It was two friends that were doing it. One of them was engaged, so she was helping run the business as well. That all kind of fell apart. And then before my second pro fight, it was basically one of my coaches um, helping me. So it wasn't a very good camp, um, and I could see that it was going to be going out of business soon. So I had to reevaluate things, you know, am I going to move and try and find another gym? Um, What I was going to do next? And being a very logical person, um, I've always wanted a family and fighting isn't the most um, like solid career path. You know, there's no guarantees in it. Um, So I had talked myself into trying to stop after my second pro fight. Um, and it happened to be my first loss. Um, I was undefeated up until that point as an amateur and my pro debut. Um, and I fought my now teammate. So after that fight, I had lost, tried to stop training and competing altogether. Um, because it's been such a big part of my life. I just tried to like cut it out. Um, and after about 10 months, uh, you know, I was working full time and trying to pursue other things. Um, and I had to get back to it. Um, I just started hating my job and I wasn't doing what I love doing every day. I didn't have the outlet that I needed. Um, and so shortly after we fought, I was able to come up to, I
0: want to stay there yeah. for a second. Okay. So, so what were you doing in those 10 months? You, you stopped fighting. You realize like logically you realize that there's no, there's no real sustainable career here. That's what your brain kind of came up with. Yeah. And so you stopped. what did you do for those 10 months besides working? Did you, did you put, try anything else? So um,
1: after high school, I went up to Portland for three months to go to college. Um, You know, the, the first few, the, the last few years, Um, or the first few years after high school, it's been a lot of like figuring out what I really want, um, versus what everyone else says you're supposed to do. Um, so I went to college because, you know, that's what a lot of people are told to do. Um, I did it for three months, but I was thinking about fighting the whole time. And so I moved back to Southern Oregon to get back to fighting. And then when, uh, the gym started going out of business, um, When I was up in Portland, I got connected up with some people and started doing like network marketing. I started learning there are different ways of making money. Um, And it kind of pushed me to go back to pursuing MMA. Um, And when I moved back, I tried, you know, I was working full time training after and then I was trying to do this like network marketing stuff as well. So I was getting like three and a half hours of sleep. You know, I did that for a couple months and then realized, you know, if I want to do something, I I gotta stop something else. So I stopped the network marketing, focused on fighting, and then when I um, tried to stop fighting, uh, I wanted to get back into the network marketing because I like the um, like the tribe feeling. There's a lot of people that are you know wanting more out of life. Um, they focus a lot on personal development, so I learned a lot about that uh, and you know how important it is to continue to learn not like learning how you you know you have to learn read reading writing and math and you might that might not be super applicable outside of high school and college um unless that's like a field that you work in um so just learning that it's important to continue to learn um and then learning those skills I tried to pursue that um I like I said, working full time. I was working at a body shop, um, you know, where they fix and paint cars. Um, the painter like took me under his wing and was teaching me how to like prep cars for paint. So I saw that as a potential future as well while I was pursuing the network marketing. Cause they can make it uh painters can make a pretty decent amount of money for the time that they actually work, which I like the idea of. Um but I've never really been into cars. I've more been into sports as far as what I'm passionate about. Um, so I was doing, I was working at the body shop, learning how to prep cars, got back into the network marketing. And I was trying to pursue that because I like the idea of residual income. Um, the people that I was working with were focusing their like product was focused on uh, financial literacy. Uh, which isn't really taught in school either, as far as like the norm is to go to college, getting a bunch of of debt, buy a brand new car, getting more debt, buy a house, getting more debt. And then you're stuck working a nine to five that you don't like. Um, So that was uh, what I was pursuing when I was trying to not fight. Um, But The nine to five and the day to day, what you're doing as far as network marketing, calling people that you don't really know, taking a bunch of no's. I didn't have time to go to the gym and train, which is like my outlet, my meditation, what's, you know, keeps me going. I was just working full time and trying to contact people and things like that. That was what I was focusing on. I just got burnout and just started hating life.
0: all right. So hold on. That's this. Everything you said is, is awesome. Like, one of the main points of the show is to really capture the experience of coming to terms with what our heart wants to do, you know, mm-hmm. and, yeah. you know, the, life is life is meant to be learned. I think mm-hmm. is like the message that I just got from what you were saying. Yeah. So you enter the space where you're burned out, right? Mm -hmm. you start hating life can you describe that a little bit for all the sad boys out on the internet that are listening (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm I'm one of them i've been in that space for many a moon you know yeah
2: yeah i mean i
1: honestly i've i've been um pretty lucky um i've always been a pretty happy person um my parents have always been um open to whatever I want to pursue, you know, there wasn't, um, there wasn't any push, um, or pull. It was like, whatever you want to do, that's cool. We'll support you. Um, so I've been able to like figure things out on my own. I know there are some people that like, because they're supposed to go to college, they go to college for the whole time and then they get into their job and then they don't like their job. And that's like a long you know, that takes years, you know, it could be 10 years down the road and they still have no idea what they want to do with their life, you know? So I've been, been able to, um, maneuver a little quicker. I feel like, um, because growing up, I kind of had my own choice of what I wanted to do and then I would get after it. Um, so there's been a lot of figuring it out, but I feel like it's been a bit quicker compared to other folks. Um, and so, when I was in that, you know, showing up to work, I was anxious to show up to work every day um, because of what I was doing. And, you know, I was the 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 painter that kind of took me under his wing. We kind of like built it built a, a connection. So it was a little more than um, you know just a coworker. Um, and so I was kind of, I got into a mode where I like wanted to make him happy. And then, um uh, uh, when he was teaching me, there was another person who was a little better at the job that I was like competing with. Um, and so I, I tried to keep up, but I wasn't quite as good at it. And again, I wasn't passionate about cars or what I was doing. Um, so every, you know, I would try really hard and then all I was hearing was you messed up, you messed up, you messed up. So when I would show up to work, um, I was always on edge and anxious, um, about doing well. Um, and then with the network marketing, um, you know, again, it was just a bunch of like trying to reach out to people. I like the aspect that I had to get out of my comfort zone um, and communicate with people because I've always been kind of uh, kind of a loner outside. You know, I would go to school, I would go to practice, or I would go to work, and then I would go train after. So I'm around people, um, but I haven't ever been like a small talk kind of person. You know, when I'm in when I'm in training beforehand, I'm kind of in my own little. Level, getting ready and then I like to go once training starts and I like to train hard which can kind of be off-putting for teammates you know they want to go in and have a good time I see the training as a means to do well in the competition so when I get in there I want to I want to train hard and get after it which not some people don't really like that every day day in and day out uh so it can be off-putting. Um, and usually when I'm hanging out by myself, um, you know, I'm not off talking to people, so people aren't necessarily talking to me very much. Um, so I got to get back to the question when I was in the low spot.
0: <laughs> well, that, well, that's, that's really good stuff because I mean, I was the same way, man. When, and I'm, and I've, uh, I've had to work at getting myself to be more open to the moment rather Mm -hmm. than being so focused on what I'm doing. yeah, Like that's a whole, for me, it's like I have a one-track mind. If I'm in the locker room, I'm not there to jerk around. I'm in the locker room to get ready to practice. Yeah. And I also know there's guys that I've been on teams with that are similar, but then there's guys that are different. And there's still this sense of camaraderie around the act that you're doing. But the the part that I I run into trouble in just in my personal life in general, outside of stuff like this is – I have to find, you know, I, I find that in social situations, I'm not as adept or in tune because I mm-hmm. haven't had the training like you were describing during the network marketing of learning how to start small talk or conversations or just be present for someone for no reason. Yeah,
1: yeah, um, yeah. That's a been a big thing for me. Is because I'm a, I'm aware that I'm kind of different you know, I don't want to go small talk and then, you know, just goof around. I'm aware that that's different. Um, and so I spend a lot of time alone and I spend a lot of time thinking. Um, so, you know, I, I've been interested in learning how people work, how the mind works, um, understanding how I'm different and how, um, you know, just kind of how it all works.
0: Um, yeah, and, and we mentioned before we recorded, but the the Bruce Lee book that I was showing you, the striking thoughts. His whole philosophy is centered around realizing your actualized self, which is like the point of life itself is to embody our truth. Mm-hmm. Learn how to figure out a way to where we can be absolutely ourselves in relation mm-hmm. to the whole. You know, and um, for me, that's it's been a process because. You know, I have to accept all the stuff you were describing before that my life is not going to be what we quote unquote call normal. Yeah. Yeah. You know? uh, and I have to, yeah, I have to, to an extent, accept who I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the the part that I'm working towards now or have been working towards is learning how to bring that part of me publicly. Okay. Or socially. Okay. Um and that's where it's like super interesting to me to hear your the way you're perceiving things.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: and, and it begs for me to ask the question of, of where is your – so you, you left the marketing and you decided to go back into fighting. Your heart was saying, I want to be fighting. Yeah. Have you taken time to intellectualize like an aim for that or you just, do you just know this is where you're supposed to be right now?
1: An aim, what do you mean by an aim, like how far I want to take it, or
0: well see that's the quest- that's see that's the fighter's dilemma is like if you're gonna fight you've you're gonna fight till you can't fight, kind of wouldn't you yeah
1: say? yeah, I mean again, I can look at the you know like the statistics, you know smaller fighters tend to not be able to fight as long as heavier fighters. Um, because it's more about speed which goes quicker versus heavier fighters it's more about being able to knock someone out and that lasts a little longer so smaller fighters tend to be able to fight between like 30 and 35 um, as far as like competing with the top people in the world Um, so at this point um, this is all I want to do um, I, I shared a post. Um, I want to be able to train hard because my confidence and in getting into that flow state comes from knowing that I did. It's kind of like a GSP approach. GSP didn't necessarily uh, George Saint Pierre didn't necessarily like fighting, um, but he loved the lifestyle, um, and he did everything every little thing that he could to make sure it's still a fight anything could happen you could get knocked out you could get submitted but he wanted to do everything that he could before the fight to make sure that he gave himself the best chance to win on that night um so my um that's what i'm looking for um and what i want to focus on um I don't necessarily have like a specific goal, it's just, I only have so long to do this. And so I want to do, um, you know, I want to give it everything that I have um, and I want, and I'm willing to, you know, like, I might have to move. Um, It's very like being a professional athlete, it's really hard on relationships because you have to put that thing first um, for the time being, if you want to be successful at it, because it takes so much time working on that craft. Um, and like, you know, I have to work and train every day. You know, I have to work to pay bills because fighting doesn't pay very much in the beginning. Um, or even, even at a professional level, you're making like, you know, an average, in average wage, um, being a professional athlete, you know, it, it's, you're not really going to start making a decent amount of money until you're like higher in a major promotion. Um, but my goal is, is to see how far I can take it. Um, with the time that I have, I know that, you know, between 30 and 35, I'm going to start slowing down. Um, so I only have that, you know, that long to do what I can with it. Um, how old are you so now? Goal, I'm, uh, I'll be 24 in a month, next month. Um, so, you know, I have about 10 10 years or so um, to do what I can with it. Um, my first fight was like six years ago, I think, or so, because I was 18, almost 24 now. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean, my goal is just to see what I can do with it. Um, I know it's my dedication um and in time i'm just going to keep getting better or i'm going to find a way to keep getting better um and i'm able to look at things from the outside and like see what works you know like what i need to make sure that i do well um finding that to make sure that i'm able to make it happen because i only have so much time uh in the sport um And, you know, I'm going to I want to try and keep it as the main focus fighting, because I know that sometimes you can get um, pulled in different directions, you know, like having a backup plan or what have you.
2: Yeah,
1: Um, I want to continue to like learn and grow as a person in general. Um, I want to become the best fighter I can be, but I also want to continue to become a better person, the best person I can be. Um, which is why I'm pursuing fighting because it brings out the best in me. Um, you know, it makes me excited to wake up every day and go do something that I enjoy. Um, so then I'm also wanting to continue to work on myself, uh, and learn different things uh about myself, things I'm interested in. Um, and so I know that after fighting, um you know, along the way, I'll you know I'll, towards the end of the career, I'm sure I'll try and figure out whatever the next path is. Um, but at this point, it's just about making making fighting work.
0: Yeah, there's a great there's a great episode I did a while back with this guy Steven Jensen, and and mm-hmm. his story is is extremely profound because he had the same experience that you had. He's working, he's he's dreading going to work. He's anxious. He's having to be in the office, and he loves pro wrestling. <clears throat> and he loves MMA. Mm-hmm. And he started, and it, it, the way he described it, he's like, he started doing a podcast. And one thing led to another. Now he's at all these professional events, interviewing people he never thought he would interview. It was just, he took one step towards pursuing what he really loved to do. And for him, it was just talking about pro wrestling.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: since involved to commentating on MMA, as well as wrestling, as well as the people involved and in the, in the athletes doing it. So mm-hmm. it, it opened up like just just the one step he took towards realizing the thing he loved to do opened mm-hmm. up all these doors that wouldn't have happened before. Exactly. And the, and the thing I admire so much about what you're doing and what fighters are doing in general is they're really embodying and accepting the, the, the impermanency of life. And in essence, we really only have right now. Like we never know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen two weeks from now, 10 years from now. We've got, mm-hmm. to, and every single time a fighter, and this is steps into a ring, they're putting that on the line essentially.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And the other thing that's incredibly awesome about fighters is that you guys are having to turn pro like in your actions, in your discipline, in your day-to-day routine without yeah. any of the glitz or the glamour.
2: Mm-hmm. It's
0: like, I'm waking up early. I'm eating right. I'm exercising. I'm training. I'm providing I'm yeah. for myself and my family. I'm having to do this. And there's, I mean in the foreseeable future there's it's just mostly pain right (laughs) and grit yeah and it's and you know i know uh, on this podcast we have a lot of writers that listen entrepreneurs business people uh, Mm -hmm. creative types filmmakers and and it's really important i think to put this perspective on what a fighter does because it is you know it's real it's real and it's and it's and it's um Mm -hmm. I guess for me coming from as a creative is like trying to figure out how I can turn pro the way that like, what can I do on a daily basis to improve my skill and my thing that I love to do. Yeah. And li- listening to your routine and your description is helping me synthesize that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I just wanted to get that out there too, because this has been awesome so far.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, they're different, like, as far as creatives go, you know, listening to a lot, I listen to a lot of podcasts as well. Joe Rogan, you know, is super popular. Um, I feel like he talks about how, as far as, like, comedians, um, some of them just have the talent, and they can just come up with it and figure it out, whereas he's, like, he has a schedule of what he's going to do. You know, he's going to spend a couple hours every day. He's going to get up, and just work on writing, and that's going to help transition into, you know, coming up with ideas versus just somehow making it happen, as some, as, you know, some comedians are able to do, you know, as far as whatever it is that you're working on, having, like, creating a, a, a schedule so that you're able to work on it every day and get better every day, you know, be a professional at it.
0: Yeah, totally, and, and the, the stand-up is a great, it's like, from to me, a stand-up comedian and a fighter are so similar, dude, because yeah. the same story for them, you, you've got to, they've got to bust their asses, and there is no, there's no, like, rainbow at the end. Yeah, or music-
1: have- musicians, or any of it.
0: Musicians um, as well, yeah, I mean, it's it's across the board.
1: Yeah, yeah, Um Definitely. And they're like, like you're saying, um, as far as like being a professional, um, and taking that on, you know, a lot of other sports, you, you know, you play in high school, you play in college and then you go pro where there's like minor leagues or however, or I only really watch fighting. <laughs> I don't really watch other sports. Um, but there's, there's kind of a more set path to, to doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, If you're being a professional fighter or MMA fighter, um, it's kind of all on you. Um, You know, you you fight as an amateur um, and then you start whenever you and your coach feel you're ready to go pro, you go pro. Because once you go pro, you can't go back to fighting as an amateur. As well as if you want to compete in other, um, in like boxing or Muay Thai or kickboxing, once you go pro in one of them, you have to compete professionally in all of them. So you want to get all the amateur experience that you can before you go pro. Once you do, um, like you're saying, it's all on you, you know, your diet, um, your discipline, marketing, um, you know, you don't have other people to help do that for you in the beginning. It's up to you to stick to it and make all of that happen. Um, You know, and then once you like say you are good at building a following, you can make some money that way. Um, maybe you have connections that can help you along the way, family or friends. Um, but it's, there's not as much of a set path, you know, like in other sports, going to college, doing well in college and then going pro and doing well there. Um, it's a lot more, you know, I feel like it's a lot easier for people to like, just break off. There's also, you know, the people prof, That are fighting professionally or competing professionally, um, you know, they're like the 1%, or musicians or comedians, people that are doing well, you know, it's like the 1% or the 1% of the 1% that are um, at the top. Um, And there's also in MMA, you can go pro whenever you want. Um, So there can be different levels, you know, there could be. Um, someone who goes pro that is not very good at all, doesn't have a lot of amateur experience um or you could be someone who is disciplined and dedicated to it as an amateur and then follows that into being a pro um I'm a very like all in kind of person with whatever it is that I'm doing, so it doesn't make sense to me to kind of like half ass if I'm doing something and knowing what's at stake um what my competition could have been doing, um, you know, maybe they're not doing everything everything they can, um, but yeah, a lot of it is up to the fighter to figure it all out and keep it going.
0: So, so how do you how do you go about? And I learned a, uh, thanks for opening up this because I'm still learning more about how the MMA marketing and promoting works. Mm-hmm. Um, But, but how does it, how does it go for you with finding fights? I mean, I know it's COVID right now. We're kind of, we're social distancing. Yeah. I guess it's a two part question is I kind of want to talk about like how that's been being perceived at your gym and in regards to you setting fights up. And then also I want to ask you how you go about setting up those fights.
1: Yeah. So at this point, um, it's just a waiting game. Uh, this, you know, I'm fighting. In, I'm a professional, but I'm fighting in smaller promotions. You know, I'm not in a big show. There's a few different big shows that everyone knows about. You know, there's the UFC, Bellator, ONE FC. There's a few others that are a little bigger, um, or like feeder promotions for the bigger promotions. Um, but as far as smaller promotions go, um, they make their money off of ticket sales, and if they can't have a crowd. Then they can't put on events, and if they can't put on events, I can't get fights. Um, so at this point, it's you know just about getting better in training, which is ultimately what I love doing, anyways, and why I'm I'm pursuing this is the day to day. So I, I'm not able to get fights, but it hasn't necessarily changed anything for me. Um, some fighters need a fight lined up in order to stay committed to what they're doing, you know, showing up to every practice every day. Um, so I don't have a fight at this point. Um, and then as far as getting fights, um, you can either get a manager, um, and then they're going to want – usually they'll take a percentage of your fight purse, um, Or for me at this point, my head MMA coach – is my coach? He's my cornerman, and he's also my manager. So he gets me fights. You know, he look he knows um, the matchmakers in most of the local smaller promotions. So as far as getting to a record of being able to get into a bigger promotion, um, he's able to, for the most part, make that happen. You know, give me fights, get me enough fights to where I'm ready to go into a bigger promotion. Um, As far as having a manager that, like, that is their main job, Um, you know, they're going to have more connections and bigger promotions, so they're going to be able to find you a fight, um, which could be necessary as far as getting to the next level. Um, Having a manager that has connections and has, you know, like, leverage or, um, you know, if they say that this guy is ready to go and he's going to be a good thing for your organization you know they might have more pull in that way in getting you a fight um so yeah for the most part usually your coach is going to help get you fights um or you're going to find a manager um who is going to help find you fights
0: what about what about in regards to gyms too it's like i I always hear american top team i always hear about certain fighters They, they bounce around to different gyms what's that rule? Is that just about meeting different fighters and improving your skill set versus connections? Like how do, how do, how do you. How-
1: yes. So that's pretty interesting. Um, a lot of coaches that have been doing it a long time. A lot of them don't necessarily like cross training. I don't know if it's because they're like worried about the person, you know, like going to another gym or not. Um, but America Top Team is a good gym up in Portland. You know, they have a lot of UFC and Bellator fighters um, at their gym. Um, And, you know, the MMA community is only so big. So if you're in it long enough, you're going to hear about all the gyms that are doing well, competing well, um, seeing who's fighting out of them. Um,
0: So this is just i'm just trying to what my focus will be i'm pretending like if i'm you right yeah i feel like if if i was you and i was and this was my career path it was like the only thing i can really focus on is my performance yeah looking at it the same way you're looking at it i'd be like how can i be the most effective at putting someone down in the ring as quickly as possible yeah because we all know you know blood and sweat cells, so it's like what can I do to end somebody as quick as possible is essentially what I'd be trying to figure out sharpen my tool that is you know me in, in the in, in the realm of fighting yeah, is that a right is that how you're looking at it? You're just kind of because I mean I wouldn't be trying to overthink anything. I would just be like, I guess it's the same approach I'm taking with all the stuff we're doing this podcast, everything I've been doing up to this point is like i don't I can't control anything outside of me, yeah, but I do know if I can get. Really, really good. It's like maybe I can get so good that people are going to be unable to ignore me.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so there's, you know, it's MMA. And like I was saying, a lot of it's up to you. So there are a lot of different factors as far as sharpening that tool and finishing that person in the fight. Um, and most fighters also have their own style of what they're doing. You know, they have like their strengths or their background or when they're in that flow state, what they're most comfortable doing. Um, And being a smaller fighter, knockouts, and, like, knockouts aren't as common. Um, Being a smaller fighter, just because we're not as big, so there's not as much knockout power. Um, So there's a lot – in the lighter weights, there's a lot more going on. Um, So you have to be good everywhere, you know. You have to have good wrestling, good jujitsu, good striking, Muay Thai, boxing, whatever it may be. Um, and then you just have to, uh, you know, at my gym, we're well rounded. We're working, getting better everywhere. Um, and then there are certain tools that you want, like as far as, you know, having it. Like I've been focusing on, because my strength um, and my comfort zone is in my grappling. Um, but in my last fight, I wasn't active enough with my striking. Um, so I, I put on a wrestling clinic. I was taking the guy down a lot. Um, but I wasn't active enough on top. I was too conscious and worried about controlling him rather than hitting him. Um, and so he was able to, uh, he wasn't worried about getting hit because I was just controlling him. So he started throwing up submissions. He was better. He was pretty good off his back. Um, and then when, uh, When I realized how good he was on the ground, I should have kept it standing um, because I would have had a better chance um, because he he was more comfortable on the ground. And I just went back to my comfort zone. So it's continuing to become like you have to be comfortable everywhere. And then you also have to um, like see what they give you and then be able to change up the game plan. Um, So I've been working on being comfortable more comfortable with my striking. I mean, I've been striking for a long time. You know, I box, I've been doing MMA for a long time. So as far as in the gym, I'm comfortable everywhere and I'm pretty good everywhere. Um, but I've been focusing on being comfortable standing, uh, more in the pocket and like sitting down, sitting down on my left cross. Cause I'm a Southpaw, um, which is, you know, a power punch, uh, being comfortable there. Um, most fighters or not most fighters, If you're wrestling, you're on your front foot a lot and you can move well, but you're not gonna be landing uh, technical power. Um, So I've been working a lot on sitting back on my back foot, my left foot and throwing power, um, being comfortable striking, which is only going to help set up my takedowns. And then once I do take them down, um, making sure that I'm focusing on doing damage, not just controlling. Um, so different gy- different gyms, um, and like, as far as sharpening your tools, you need a well-rounded gym, um, so that you're, cause at the professional level, you need to be good everywhere in MMA. Um, but you also have your strengths that you're good at as far as like finishing fights. Um, I like to keep a high pace, which is why I like to train hard because then I'm going to be confident that I can do that in the fight. I can keep that high pace, um, as an amateur and, uh, in my first pro fight, when I was undefeated, um, what most of my fights were finishes and what broke them was my pace. You know, I took them down a lot. A lot of them were either strikers or jujitsu guys. So I had the better grappling so I could land some strikes and close the distance and take them down and get them tired. And then in the third, fourth, and fifth round, because smaller guys don't have as much knockout power, the pace broke them. And then, you know, the either either I crack them and drop them because they're tired and they leave, you know, leave an opening, or I take them down and they get their back and I, you know, submit them. Um, so you have to focus on your strengths, you have to be well rounded, you also need solid training partners that are at your level or above your level so that you're, you know, you're having to um, like rise to their level. Versus if you have mainly training partners that aren't as good as you, you're going to kind of fall more, you know, adjust to their, their level.
0: Yeah. You um, to put more weight on the bar essentially. So you're not going to get stronger or bigger unless you put more weight on the bar.
1: Exactly. So you need training partners that are pushing you and making, making you get better because they're better than you or they're farther along. Um, so you need good training partners. You need a well-rounded, um, training schedule, strengthening conditioning schedule, um, someone that's getting you fights. Um, so there's a lot of different aspects as far as like, you know, you can't just work on your left cross, all the time and you just go into mma and you can just knock someone out right away i mean it's cool
0: say say somebody's listening to this right now and it's it's covid we know that there's no fights really happening right now and but they're hearing this and they're like where do i start how would i start to learn how to train and learn how to get involved what would you recommend someone to do
1: um as far as getting involved some gyms are open, you know, they, there's, they need, they're supposed to be enforcing distancing guidelines. Um, so, I mean, you can still learn the basics on your own. Um, you know, you can still learn where to position your feet or techniques, um, as far as striking or wrestling or Jiu some Jiu Jitsu stuff you could do on your own. Um, so, I mean, I would just say, find, find a gym. You know, you can YouTube stuff, um, and try and figure it out on your own. But if you actually, even though we have to be distance and the, you, you may have to wear a mask or the coach may have to wear a mask or what have you, you can still learn the basics, even if you're by yourself, like having to do it on your own. Um, and they can give you pointers. I feel like that would be the best path, um, as far as learning.
0: Man, this has been awesome, dude. Um. I want to ask a couple of questions to 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 wrap up here. Mm-hmm. Um it's a two-parter. It's like a, we got a high and a low, okay? I, I would I was wondering if you have any had any struggles over the last week or two that you'd be willing to talk about. Like what has been anything you've learned or or had to work through the last couple of weeks. And then the other question, well, let's just start there then I'll ask the last one.
1: Struggles.
2: Um struggles um i mean i i've started to to
1: get into my routine um you know the working and the training um i suppose like relationships or dating that could be kind of a struggle with all of that that i'm working on um
0: do you do, you do online dating
1: Yeah. a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I don't get out very much, so I'm either at work or at the gym, you know, I don't go out to bars and hang out with people. Um, So I guess that aspect is kind of a, a struggle in the last couple of weeks or in general. Um, And then, you know, work isn't bad, you know, it can be stressful at times. I mean, with the whole COVID stuff, you know, everyone has higher tension and there's more, you know, we have to like implement new rules like pretty much every week because they change whatever the guidelines are. And then we have to tell customers, you can't do this or you can't do that, or you have to do this now. You have to do that now. So I have to worry about that. uh, When I'm at work. Um, And then as far as training goes, uh, I'm just breaking it down into like aspects of things that I could be, uh, struggling with.
0: Um, I, I, I was just asking, just, um, I, I'm like a I'm like hyper aware. I'm hypersensitive.
1: So, okay. And I'm also, I'm, I can be pretty sensitive too.
0: <laughs> I'm also a little bit narcissistic in the, okay. in the sense that I, I, it's a point for me to try to figure out who I am. It's like, I really want to understand this, this organic mechanism that is Adam Abramowitz. Like I want to understand why I am the way I am and how to improve myself.
2: Yeah.
0: And so like I, I can like just the other day, I, I fell into a space of uh, literally it was two days ago. It was like a, uh, a, my whole mindset, my brain got all cobwebbed and I was in a state of paralysis and in essence where I wasn't in tune with the moment. I felt like I was trying to strategize and project and try to make things happen. I, and it, to, it put me in a place where I was unable to take action. It's like something I wanted to publish. I couldn't press the publish button because I was overthinking it too much.
2: Yeah.
1: It's like, what is it? Uh, Analysis. What is it? Analysis
0: Analysis.
1: paralysis. Yeah.
2: That. Yeah.
0: And and I, and I related it to, to someone I told, I said, it's kind of like when you're dating, it's kind of like when you're talking to a girl and it's like, did I say too much? Did I say too little? Yeah. What does this mean? You know, it's like analysis paralysis. And it's
1: not only like you, like what did I do? It's also, you have no idea what's going on with them or what they're thinking. And if they're sending weird. Yeah. It's,
0: yeah it's, it's like I'm trying to think and feel for another person while also trying to think and feel for myself.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So that's, you know, I, I guess that's probably the main, the main struggle, you know, as far as work and training, which are mainly the other aspects of my life that, <laughs> There I don't think there's been any in the last week or two any like big things that I've been struggling with there. Um, I actually just posted uh, "My mom shares a lot of stuff that I like, like we're we're into a lot of similar things, um, and so she shared something um, that was a quote from this person's book, um, talking about having like deep friendships. Um, and how the, like the deeper it goes, the more conflict there will be because it, you know, it brings things up, um, and being able to like go through that. Cause I, what's really funny is I'm a fighter, but I hate confrontation.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: So like, I, like I said, I look at it as a, as a competition, you know, when you're, when you're training or when you're competing, it's mutually accepted. Like I've signed the dotted line that I'm going to kick your ass and you've signed the dotted line saying you're going to kick my ass and whatever happens, happens. Uh, in public, you can't do that. You know, like if, if you're having conflict with someone at work, I can't just kick your ass because then I'll go to jail. Um, so they're, they're like, I don't, uh, it's pro a lot of it, you know, I also have a lot of like pe- things, you know, that happened growing up or things in the past. Um, I'm trying to work on, you know, continuing to try and work on myself and learn myself. Um, but there's still plenty of stuff that is just like in my subconscious or things and ways that I do things because of what happened in the past that is not completely resolved or hasn't been talked through, things like that. Um, so I think that's a part of, that's a part of it is hating confrontation. You know, I had confrontation growing up that put me on edge. Um, and so I don't, I don't like it. Um, you know, it makes me super anxious, even just like at work. Like it's helpful when you're like, you have a title, you know, you're the person at you know, like that's your job. So you can kind of like use that to be a little more like I have to do these things because it's my job. Um, but even like, if there's some pushback, there can be, be times where I'm uncomfortable. Um, because I don't, you know, it's easier to just walk away, but as far as having deep friendships and relationships and connections, you can't just walk away all the time.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, or they're going to walk away too. Um, so Working on, even though it's confrontation or it's uncomfortable, being able to talk through it um, and see it through and build a deeper connection. um, That's definitely something that I struggle with. Um, The whole like not having, not being very social, not having a lot of friends. um, I haven't had to work through it. Um, cause I'm usually by myself. And then when I do work through it, um, or when I do like meet someone that's a friend or a relationship, um, I haven't had a lot of like sticking through it and like growing together. It's been a lot of like, this isn't going to work. And then we just part ways or like, I also am aware of, you know, the power of association Um, you know, like if a lot of people my age are trying to go out and party all the time and they're figuring out what they want to do, or they're in college, this is like from high school on where I started actually learning about, you know, who you spend your time with is the life that you're going to have. In the, uh, in the younger years, it was just, I wasn't around people. So I didn't get influenced, you know, negatively or positively. Um, but now as far as like what I want to do and what I want to make happen, I'm aware of spending too much time with people that don't have the goals that I have, but then I'm also awkward and shy. And so it doesn't make it easier either. Um, so that's definitely a main struggle that I, that I need to work on is like being able to figure it out together with people
0: yeah it's it's been tough for me too man i've had to i've had to i've had to compartmentalize my life you know i, I really don't want to but it seems that it, it's it seems my professional life my my goals my dreams my aspirations my aims um i mean it's it, i have to learn how to embody that as my truth without making it a prerequisite for my personal relationships if that mm-hmm. makes It's like I've got to learn like I've had to learn how to have friends just for the sake of having friends, even though they weren't going where I was going. Yeah, yeah. Really tough for me to do because I'm like, if you're not about it, what are you doing? Like why aren't we why aren't we about it? You know? (laughs) Like
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: And you can have different friends for you know, like, you know, this is my friend, they like to go out and have a good time. I can do that occasionally with them. That's cool or this is my other friend, you know, that is, like, I've seen those, like, uh, it's, like, people that you want around you, you know, you want a happy person around you, you want a driven person around you, like, different. So, you can have different friend friends that are different, yeah.
0: Yeah, and, and a lot of it... In- honestly like interestingly enough is out of our control it's like the only thing we can really change is ourselves it's like you were describing as the psychological the uh, subconscious stuff that we have that we can work through is like if we begin to untap into those things the things that have wired us essentially it can Mm -hmm. open us up to new experiences and new ways of interacting with the world
2: yeah yeah so
1: i I, that's another thing that i have to work on is not not putting my drive and the way I see things onto other people, like my high expectation of things, not putting that onto someone else. Uh, that's probably something that I've noticed in the last couple of weeks, like a struggle.
0: That's what happened to me two days ago. My, my issue is I, sometimes I don't think a lot of times I don't think what I'm doing is good enough. Mm-hmm. So I'm self critiquing something that came from me i mean this is all kind of ethereal in the realm of our art, art essentially but if i'm if i'm writing a piece of something that's flowing through me and it got written and i'm mm-hmm. telling it telling myself this isn't good enough mm-hmm. like it's not up to me it's like it's the audiences it's everyone else's it's i can't be the one to like say this podcast didn't go well it's like oh this wasn't my best work that's prevented me from publishing so much stuff and honoring so many people's stories because I felt like it wasn't good enough that it doesn't, mm-hmm. that, that attitude doesn't serve me anymore. Yeah. It's like, just keep, just keep going, just keep flowing, just keep doing. It's like release, yeah. release for me. It's like release as often as you can get that work in as often as you can challenge yourself to be open as often as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to, I want to ask you, this has been the shit dude before we end I like to ask this one question, um, uh, to you. Um, but we're definitely going to have to follow back, dude, especially before your next fight. I'd love to get you on, just get your mindset how it's before a fight. That would be super awesome. Definitely. Um, but yeah, the question I want to ask to kind of help, help us close up here is, uh, so I, I I, I would like you to imagine your perfect day. Mm -hmm. Um, what you're doing because you mentioned you know you want to have a family this this fighting as a career you know we're pursuing our dreams could you describe kind of like a perfect day of what you would be doing in your life with your career
2: um so
1: I like to go 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 all day um so I'm not much of a morning person I can be a pretty slow starter uh so I like time to wake up Uh, have my coffee. Um, I get in and out of the habit of reading regularly. Um, But I know how important it is. And I know how I feel when I do do it regularly. I feel like I'm making progress working towards. So I would probably wake up, have some coffee, read for a little while. Um, Maybe at this point, I'll be meditating or something like that. Um, depending on how far down the road, you know, if I have kids, you know, getting them ready for school or getting them ready for the day. Um, and then, uh, if I'm still fighting training and, you know, going to train, grow, going to practice, um, having a, because of what I like, a hard training session. Um, with salt like teammates that are pushing me or coach that's pushing me, um, cause I know that's what I thrive off of middle middle, you know those only last an hour or two, so in between, you know it's gonna be either like recovering or visiting with family um and then I'm gonna have an evening training session um you know, I'm going to be, I would like to be able to afford, you know, organic food, you know, have my meals figured out. Um, so, you know, I'd be having breakfast,
2: lunch, training session in the evening. Um, in the evening, you know, after I train,
1: Uh, having somewhat of a winding down routine. I also haven't, um, I'd like to get to the point where I'm waking up at the same time every day so that I don't have to have an alarm clock Um, because I hate waking up to an alarm clock. When I wake up to it, it's almost like an, there's almost a sense of anxious, like I have to get up, you know? So if I get up at the same time, I'll have that like internal clock and then I can just wake up on my own would be nice but I don't tend to go to sleep at the same time. And I don't tend to wake up every morning at the same time. I don't have that quite discipline yet. Um, So going to sleep, having a good going to sleep routine. um, That's solid, you know, like eating a few hours before I go to sleep or a couple hours. Um, I read, uh, you know, I've read a lot of personal development books. Um, The one that comes to mind is own the day Own your life. By Aubrey Marcus, so it's like it's a lo- there's a lot of books on routine. You know what would be my perfect day? So I'm just thinking of things that would culminate a perfect day for me. Um,
0: who who would you be aiming at to fight on uh, on pay per view during this perfect day? Because I'm sure it would be several days in a row while you're training to fight someone. Who would you be? Where would it be?
1: Okay, um, if he's not too old at this point. I want to
2: well as far as where it would be um I like the I want to travel
1: but I I'm seeing that it's a lot harder having to cut weight and everything traveling so you know either fly in early and adjust um then it wouldn't matter where it is or have it close by to wherever I live um So there's not much of an adjustment there. Um, And I want to fight um, in my pro debut because I was full of piss and vinegar and I just won my pro debut and I'm still undefeated. Um, It was a little out there because he was the UFC champ um, at that point at my weight class, which is basically the best fighter in the world at that night because he was the champ. Um, I called out Cody Garbrandt if he can stay at the top. I want to fight him. Um, so I still want to fight Cody Garbrandt, um, if it comes to be that he's not too old and not fighting anymore and I'm up at his level of competition and in the UFC at that point, um, I know he just had a, uh, a sweet super fast knockout in his last fight it was like right before the buzzer of the first round just knocks the dude out so he's an animal um and so the perfect training or fight would be i want to fight him and be at his level uh, and be ready to go put on a show finish him
0: where would it be like Madison square garden. What are we talking about? Thousand, ten thousand, million on pay-per-view.
1: Um, I don't know. I haven't thought about that stuff. I, so like you, there's all the visualizing. Um, I haven't really gotten into that a lot, you know, like seeing myself in the future at this point, it's just been, uh, making things work, you know? Um, working towards becoming becoming the best fighter I can be, but also making things work. Um, so I haven't done a lot of like seeing myself winning the title. It's kind of been like when I'm cutting weight uh, or in the sauna and I haven't been in the sauna for a while, so it's a little hard. I'll start um, reciting. I'm a champ. Uh, it used to be UFC champ. Now it's just world champ um over and over and over and over uh because (laughs) it doesn't necessarily have i mean i i know that the toughest people are in the ufc um and it's the most well-known in the states um but there's there are tough guys in bellator there are tough guys in one fc um it's huge in one fc uh And the culture is more used to martial arts, so they understand it more. It's not as much about uh, talking shit and things like that. You know, I'm not a big, I'm not a shit talker. Um, So I can see that that might not be like, I might not be as much of a draw in the UFC where that's more as important as far as your success goes. Um, So maybe it's the one FC belt, but Cody Garbrandt isn't in one FC. Um,
0: But yeah, but so. So I'm a champ. I'm a champ. It's that mantra. Like it doesn't matter where I am. If it's practice mat tonight or if it's in one FC two years from now. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's just, man, I love your answer here uh, because it's so rooted in reality and it's grounded in what you can do on a day-to-day basis. I've spent too much time visualizing to the point to where when those things happened or have happened, the things I've visualized. I'd already lived it so many times that it was just, I'd wake up the next morning being like, oh my God, like nothing's really changed, you know? Yeah. But if I can.
1: That's another hard thing though, is with so much drive and thinking about what's next, there isn't very much sitting in, like being in the moment of, I just did something awesome. Like my pro debut. Um, you know, my, you know, there are a lot of people that you're around that, like, maybe that was their huge goal was being a professional fighter. And they may not have done it yet, um, that, you know, are like around you and have been doing it for years longer than you. Um, but my mindset was like going into fight. My mindset is I'm going to fuck this guy up i'm way better than him um i'm just going to dominate him and so that's what i'm thinking the whole time in the camp before the fight so then when it happens it's like well this was supposed to happen this is what's going to happen so now it's on to the next thing you know now mm-hmm. it's on to the next guy now it's on to the next camp so there isn't in, there isn't much sitting in wow i just did all this hard work i don't i'm not you know i don't like celebrate um the accomplishment or the moment um, it's just kind of that drive to keep getting better and keep going. You know, if I dominated him, it was supposed to happen. If I didn't quite dominate him, but I did well, I can see what I need to work on. Or if I lose, I can see what I need to work on. Um, but yeah, there's not, it, it's a struggle because it, 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 when I was back trying to tell myself, you know, one of the things like how it's not a, like talking myself out and not pursuing it when I took that break um, was like, it's a never ending cycle until you're done and you can actually like move past it. If you're competitive and you want to do well, there's not a lot of sitting in the successes along the way. So that'll be part of, part of my growth. Along the way, as well, um, is enjoying that victory or that hard work moment to moment, um, but then also double down on that success and keep going for the time that I have. So it's a balancing act.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely, man. I, I think this has been the shit, dude. I can't wait to follow back up with you. Um... Is there anything you'd like to share before we close up? Any, any shout outs you'd like to give or just any, any, anything you'd like to say to someone who may be listening or, or anything you'd like to just share before we close? Um,
2: I mean, everyone's high
1: tension right now, high stress. Um, find a way to do something that you love every day. Um, try and relieve that stress. Be able to pass on positivity to other people um and just have it be you know a trickle down effect you know work on yourself find a way to better yourself so that you can be better around people and then that'll just spread um right on. where can people find you um so it's tristan lindy um on facebook and instagram um you know those are the main platforms that i'm working on and sharing things Instagram is, you know, mainly for fighting. Facebook is just whatever I'm into and I like. Um, I'll still share some things on Instagram, you know, like that I'm listening to or things like that. But, yeah.
0: Man, awesome, dude. Well, yeah, thanks, for, thanks so much for coming on the show. Uh, normally at the end, I'll roll out with a song. Like I'll, yeah. I'll be like, here we are. This is uh, Do you have any, any requests, something you'd like to hear? Um
1: I think it would be suiting. Um, it was my old walkout song. It's going back to my walkout song. Uh going to be back my walkout song. Uh the champ is here by Jada Kiss.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, dude, let's run it, dude. All right. So yeah, thanks for joining, man. Good it was an awesome yeah. chat, dude.
1: I got to say thank you to you too cuz you know there there aren't a lot of opportunities for me to to talk these things through and have someone who can understand um, and also is wanting to, you know, it's it's been pretty great.
0: Man, it's my pleasure, dude. Let's roll out to some Jada kiss. All right. All right, man, I'll talk to
3: you later. This shit is crazy. crazy. The evil genius. <laughs> <laughs> He took it from crack the rap I ain't put out two anthems a year, and I just want to rock for a century, and then chase the book with the documentary, if you can't do nothing other than flow, life's a bitch like the mother from Blow, let's go, don't make me put your heart in your lap, fuck riding the beat, nigga, parallel park on the track, hop out looking crispy, fresh and new, and it's six, but it's a BM and it's Pepsi Blue, and I don't know you, but I know a man becomes a man from all the shit that he go through, and y'all ain't fucking with Jason, have I cash in it's really no justification of how i'm gonna change the game so don't get out of line it's this low nine to change your frame Mother. the, is here. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. the is here. kids kiss time's up. The champ is here. It's the remix. remix. We're about to make the world get down. And I hate cops, but it's a new sheriff in town. Let's go. everybody pipe um, down. on. Um, you know the game is mine right now. Bounce. Put your mics down. And yeah. <laughs> the truth is that. Let's go. Y'all know the black babe roof is back. <laughs> uh, listen, the game's scary. Cause everybody running around wanting to be out. Oh, what about Wayne Perry? In line between living and being buried. Where I'm from, is either the yard or the cemetery. I don't own a computer, but I download the Ruger. The earth's still spinning while the round's going through you. Shorty's bringing the work back uptown on a scooter. No security, I just move around with a shooter. Uh, Pounds of purple, bricks of diesel. Late night finishing strong like Mr. C. Do. In the Tommy Hole 8545's dog, so you can go get your people. Just make sure you tell them that. The champ is here. The champ is, is here. That's right. 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 The oh. champ is here. Fucking with the champion. You already know. A.A.D. is the to body. You are fucking with the champion. You already know. Green Man. Tell them kiss. Y'all never gonna touch the kid. Kiss a death. <laughs> they gonna have to get me at the top. Y'all never gonna touch the kid. Gangsta kiss. No love this time. Tell them kiss. Tell kiss.